you know, how can we just become a better company so that when things get back to normal, we're even a better version of ourselves than what we are today. Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. As you know, our show's mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. So for every single one of you who are brand new or checking us out for the first time, I just want to warmly welcome you to the Kelly family and let you know we are here for you. So whether that's you're wrestling as a leader with a question, you know, that you want want to know what to do for your business, what makes sense, um, and you're struggling with some of those obstacles, or you, you want to get a hold of one of our expert faculty and pick their brain, or maybe you know of a guest who would be a great person for us to talk to on our show, we would love to hear from you. The best way you can get a hold of us is shoot us an email to ROIPod. That's R-O-I-P-O-D at I-U-P-U-I.edu. Well, we are a few weeks in now as of this recording um, into this coronavirus pandemic. Uh, for a lot of people, we're starting to get into a new normal of how we're working at home, how we're balancing kids, um, and just getting used to this life from home. And for many people who are still struggling and many leaders who are still struggling and trying to keep their businesses afloat, I mean, this is you know, to not put it lightly, this is a very trying time uh, for so many. However, there is some silver lining moments in this because it's not the shining bright moments when everything sunshines and rainbows that really define a leader's character and ultimately their legacy. It's in these moments of crisis, in the storms, and when everything is hard that really starts to define leadership. And so that's going to be our topic today is as a leader, what does our legacy look like? And what better time to really start working on our legacy than now, during this pandemic, during this coronavirus? So today I have the honor of being joined by Jacob Hauk, president of Hazen Sons, Indiana's largest independent property restoration company, who's also been featured in IBJ's 2020 40 Under 40 list. Jacob, congratulations on being recognized and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Matt. I really appreciate it. And as a uh, Kelly MBA alum, it's kind of fun to be part of this just from that angle as well. So the whole overarching question, you know, is this idea of legacy and leadership, how you want to be remembered. And we were talking before this recording, the one of the things is no matter who you are, whatever organization you're in, or um, kind of whatever you believe, at some point in time, you will have some sort of legacy. Talk to us about, you know, what you believe in regards to how legacy and leadership go hand in hand. Yeah, so, it, you know, in my opinion, uh, they're really one and the same. And, and I was asked to step in as the president here at Hayes and Sons in 2015. And we found ourselves in our own uh, crisis, if you will, uh, just from some financial issues that we were dealing with that were pretty significant. And I still remember sitting in my family room uh, the night before uh, Mark Hayes, one of our founders, going to announce that I'm going to be the president and really just thinking about uh, what is my legacy going to be? What, you know, Obviously, you know, financial goals and those kind of things are good, but this sounds kind of weird, but I've always just thought, you know, whenever I go into anything, you know, one day I'm going to die and what am I going to care about, you know, when I'm in that, you know, last hour, if you will. 
And so, you know, in terms of leadership, I really view leadership as a platform to be a positive influence in people's lives. And in particular, I mean, obviously we have a daily business to run, but at the end of the day, if you want to be a good business and provide a good service to your clients, I really think it's about helping each one of your individuals, you know, maximize their own potential, you know? And so really since 2015, that's been a big focus of, of our strategic objectives and, and just different cultural initiatives is just how can we create that environment that really allows folks to just, you know, be the best version they can be, maybe even a version they didn't know they even had within themselves. And, you know, it, it's funny if you look back at just kind of the basic needs for human beings, it starts with safety, uh, both psychological safety, physical safety. And uh, <laughs> I think definitely right now during this, you know, COVID-19 time, um, that has really come back to the forefront in terms of what people need. And so that's something we've really been, you know, trying to address on a proactive basis here at Hazen Sons. Now let's go back a little bit to the journey when you first became president, you know, in an IBJ article, you were quoted as saying, you know, when you stepped in as president, you had 55% annual turnover when the average turnover in your industry was 48%, which I mean, is still pretty high. Yet over the past four years, you've been able to reduce that below 20%. That's a huge, huge margin of increase, or I guess decrease in a good way um, for retaining employees. So talk about, even before we got into this coronavirus, I mean, you walked into your own crisis within the organization. Um, so what brought you to this point and how did you, you know, begin to start the change within your culture? Yeah, so it, I mean, it really started from day one. Uh, so our mission is to provide exceptional service to our customers during their time of need. And, and I think even, you know, back in 2015, we, you know, had our kind of our own internal mess, if you will. We were always pretty good at, at taking care of folks externally. Uh, I think that the, the error we had was oftentimes we would kind of use our people to serve our clients and, and burn them out and those kind of things. And we're in a 24 seven environment uh, dealing with property damage. Uh, so it's, it, can, it can easily happen. And literally my very first email was about, it's all about you. It's all about how we can be the best employer for you, um, how we can help you reach your potential. And then we just threw a, a whole host of, of really good uh, business leaders and advisors that whether we engage with them, you know, from a corporate perspective, or I knew them personally, um, we set out literally a cultural roadmap. And it was an 18 month roadmap that had quarterly objectives. Um, the folks over at First Person here in Indianapolis really helped us put that together. And a lot of the initiatives were based, especially initially on good, communication across the board, not only top down, but also bottom up. And so um, from then, you know, back in you know, 2015, I committed to, uh, you know, a weekly Friday note out to our team that highlights just wins, uh, good things people are doing. Uh, we created some uh, reward systems, like we have a monthly Hayes Hero reward. So every month when, you know, any one of us see the teammate going above and beyond to live our mission, as we say, by serving other people, uh, we can highlight that in our internal communication platform. And then you know, we take those nominations and then we select one. And then I write a you know, handwritten thank you note with some cash and send it to their house. And just finding ways like that to just really make that personal connection to let them know that, hey, you know, what you do matters and what you do gets noticed. Um, it's just a framework uh, that we've built you know, that 
has allowed us to go from that 55% turnover where basically we were doing nothing but just trying to train people all the time. I mean, we <laughs> spent a lot of money doing it uh, as well, unfortunately. And what we've been able to do is as we've been able to significantly increase our retention, um, we've been able to take that money that we used to spend hiring new people and focus it on investments in them. Uh, so investments in our, uh, not only like our, our uh, compensation and benefits, but also in some training platforms and development organizations um, that have really nothing to do with aging sons oftentimes. I mean, it, it might be, you know, courses on personal budgeting. It might be courses on conflict management, uh, which may or may not be work-related, right? So, you know, just finding ways that, um, you know, we can continue and just, you know, develop that support system, if you will. Um, and, and critical in that has been getting really good feedback from our team. So we initially did it just through our own kind of, you know, internal surveys um, and then two years ago made the switch over to a group here in, in Indy called Implify, uh, which is uh, employee engagement, you know, survey and feedback that we get. And the, the great thing about that is we as the employer can't tell who's providing feedback. So there's a high level of safety. Um, and then what I think we've done a very good job of is actually acting, right? So every quarter we're getting the feedback from the team it continues to improve. There's always every single time things that, you know, that we need to work on, you know, as I often say, maybe it's a blind spot in our mirror. And, uh, and so what we do is, is instead of, you know, and I think this is where as a leader, you know, you have to just kind of check your ego at the door. And I think it's easy to say, Hey, you know, here's the reason for X, Y, and Z. Uh, but the reality is, is we all have our own perspective. We all have our own opinion and we need to respect that. And we need to put ourselves in our people's shoes. And so that's what we really try to do is just try to uh, just take that feedback and instead of getting fired up or defensive about it, really just appreciate it and lean into it and, you know, ask some more questions around, you know, whatever it is that we need to look at. And uh, so far, so good. And then you, you, know, you fast forward to, you know, where we find ourselves in 2020. I mean, so far this year, we uh, have 95% retention. So um, the only 5% turnover. And uh, it's funny, I mean, a few weeks ago, I don't think any of us knew what we were getting into. I know I certainly did not. Um, and I sent a video out to our team and just said, I have no idea how we're gonna do this, but we're, gonna, we're all gonna do this together. We're gonna keep our jobs. We're gonna keep moving forward. And, uh, and that really, I think for our team and, and for our company just kind of helped set a tone from day one that yes, this is unsettling. Yes, this is nerve wracking, but um, you know, we're, we're going to get through this together. We're going to be better off for it. I want to go back to what you talked about ego being a huge, I think, stumbling block for many leaders, especially when it comes to legacy, because I feel a lot of leaders, maybe not a lot. I don't, I don't fully know, but I think for me, I'll just speak from my behalf. There are times where I feel like I want to control my legacy in a way. And in that ego of trying to control or maybe trying to, you know, envision of how I want people to perceive me, um, there tends to be times where I'm almost getting my own way. And that ego kind of starts to influence the legacy in a negative way. So talk about that, that how ego and ego within leadership impacts your legacy. Yeah. It, I think that, you know, it's human nature, right? That it, there, even if you don't want there to be, there's a bit of a priority on what's in this for me and what do I get out of this? And for me, I mean, I, you know, I had the good fortune of having just some, some good, you know, life experiences growing up. Uh, you know, my dad was a pastor of the church. My mom 
there was four of us kids and, and she always kind of put us first. And so I, I had some very real examples of, you know, putting others first. And, you know, it's funny, it's, I find now that oftentimes when, you know, I'm frustrated or in dealing with a situation I'd rather not be dealing with, usually my own ego is the reason why. <laughs> I've allowed that to be the priority over, you know, really the bigger picture. And so, um, it, you know, really for me, it's like, I just try to approach things as, you know, how do I serve others first? And, and I think here at Hayes and Sons, it, it really resides with our team because our mission is to serve people during their time of need. And so, you know, we as leaders and, and myself as the president need to live that ourselves first and foremost. And uh, so now, you know, again, kind of tying into today's times. So I've been doing a daily video out to our team because we're in nine physical locations so it's you know hard to, you can't just see everybody right and, and even if we we're all in the same building we wouldn't be able to see everybody either just because we have folks working remotely um but really trying to focus on the the our vision our mission you know not the circumstances right i mean we can't control you know how long this stuff lasts we can't control you know a lot of things but what we can control is when we are called upon you know how do we serve others and so for me right now uh, what that means is what are the things that I can do to help make sure that Hayes and Sons stays financially, you know, responsible and able to keep all of our 138 employees on staff. Um, and that may mean, you know, having to make some sacrifices on maybe initiative that I was really far behind or, or really engaged in uh, or, you know, things like that, right? Just really trying to focus on the core responsibilities of covering payroll and, and all those essential bills to make sure we're able to serve those clients and ultimately live our mission. I want to get back to the sacrifice element here in a moment, but first I want to find out in the midst of this COVID-19 uh, pandemic, obviously a lot of small businesses have taken a lot of hits and I'm not sure, you know, how your organization was impacted. So I'd love for you to talk about how you guys and what was um, some big hits you guys took in the midst of this. Yeah, so we, we've definitely experienced a slowdown uh, in March. That was about 30%. And so as we're kind of looking forward, what we're really thinking is 30% off of what we thought we were going to be doing volume-wise is a, probably a good number to use, at least especially through these kind of stay-home order, things just not being normal phase, which for planning purposes, we're assuming last through June. Um, the good news about the business that we find ourselves in is you know, Mother Nature doesn't care about pandemics, right? And a lot of what we deal with are, you know, water, storm, fire damage that oftentimes is created through just Mother Nature uh, or different just unplanned events. And so we do think that, you know, once we're through this kind of initial phase, our business will bounce back. And, and that definitely has helped add uh, a level of confidence in terms of, you know, how we lead the organization and how confident our team is on a daily basis. Um, you know, but there's other challenges. So, you know, insurance companies are primarily the ones that pay for the work that we do and they're all open for business, but they're working from home and their processes are slow. And, and so cash management is now a major focus. Uh, again, if, if, if our goal here is to, you know, be a bright spot in our people's lives I and mean, that starts with keeping their job. And, and so making sure we have the cash flow available for that is a big piece of that. And, so what we've done there is we've actually, so normally there's a check that comes from an insurance company, flows through a mortgage company, and then to our client and us. And so what we've started doing uh, early on through this three or four weeks ago 
is we just started really pushing for credit card payments. And so we always avoided it in the past because there was a little bit of the transaction fee hit that you take there. Um, we felt the benefits far outweighed uh, that additional expense during this time. And so what we've been able to do is take our days to collect from 57 days on an invoice back in February to now we're already down to 49 and we're quickly trending towards 40. And so to be able to shave off, you know, 19 days to collect uh, on any given invoice has had a major positive impact uh, for us. And then at the same time, I personally reached out to all of our top suppliers and just asked for them to extend uh, our payments uh, instead of being 30 days to 60 days, at least through this kind of heightened period. And our top five suppliers all very willingly agreed to that. So uh, we were looking at a scenario where, you know, we were paying our people weekly, we're paying our suppliers every 30 days, we're not getting paid for 57 days. <laughs> and so, as you can imagine, that map is, is tough to keep up with, especially with things slowing down. And so what we've been able to do is, is kind of reverse that. And so now we're able to collect our cash, hold on to a little bit before we have to you know, make our big supplier payments. And 30% reduction in what you bring in, I mean, that's no, you know, that's not like a couple cents or a rounding error. I mean, that's a massive amount of capital that you could be utilizing to keep your business afloat and growing. Um, and so, and that, and that ties into kind of what you're talking about, the sacrifice part earlier on. You know, as we were, we were discussing before we started recording, you know, I firmly believe that in order to have a legacy in which you want people to aspire toward and to have something that people look up to you, that does require a heck of amount of personal sacrifice to get there. Um, and I think in this case, what you guys are doing, I mean, right from the day one, you know, you talked about how every single person's job will be safe, yet what they, I'm sure, maybe didn't know, but you guys have a reduction of 30% within capital. So talk about the sacrifice mindset that you had to embrace and maybe even share some of the sacrifices that you've had to um, endure as a leader. Yeah. And you know, it, the sacrifice is, uh, is very personal, but one that I'm very willing to do. And, and that really comes around, you know, how I, um, you know, imbued by my partners in terms of being successful and, and it's, it's all financially related. Right. And so, you know, I have things like a bonus plan and, and a, a stock investment plan. And I just, from day one, keeping our people is more important than hitting those marks. Don't get me wrong. Definitely motivated by financial means. But I, I think when you deal with these kind of situations, um, you really have to look at what the greater good for the group. And, and, and for me personally, um, I, it, it, I had to just change my personal expectations. So instead of you know, striving for, we came off 2019 was our best year ever financially and, and came into 2020 really feeling very good about where we were going and what we can do and maybe breaking a new record. And now it's, it's how can we keep our people? How can we reduce other expenses so that we can at least maintain a, a level of financial uh, results that, you know, keep us in good graces with our bank and those kind of things. And so, um, I mean, the, the, the sacrifice at, at some level definitely has been, you know, very personal for me. Um, but then also too, I mean, it's, you know, as we've done well, as we've really been investing in our people, we, we, you know, we've been able to, you know, make additional investments in, in different avenues and, and just having to look at those. And so, for example, we, we work with a lot of insurance companies, of course, real estate companies, who are all part of associations. They, all, they want us all to support them, which we, we love to do. Um, but as we're going through these cost cutting measures, I mean, we're choosing to cut those back over things like 
our training platform, or even we do a family day at the Colts complex every year. And we don't want to, we haven't cut that out yet. You know, we we're like, Hey, let's cut out this other stuff first. Yeah. I mean, we'll probably have some maybe not great conversations with some folks uh, about cutting back in those investments. But, you know, I, I think to maintain the investments into our people during this time is much more important. I know we were talking a little bit that there's a proverb out there that talks about, you know, a wise man, uh, prepares for winter times while it is still summer, yet it's the fool who even lays around and is lazy during during the harvest time. And I want to relate that to, you know, when you started, how you got this company with such a high turnover rate um, and probably in a much more of a mess than it is today, clearly by the numbers you've shown, yet it seemed to almost prepare you for this and put you in a mindset to be prepared for a pandemic like this. So how did your acquisition of becoming of this company, becoming president prep you for today? I think when you find yourself in uncertain times, so whether it was, you know, back when I first stepped in and we had our own issues back in 2015 or, you know, with the state we find ourselves in now, I, I think at least for me, I mean, it just has me getting really focused on my personal values and then also the mission, vision, values of the organization. You know, I guess in some ways kind of going back to the basics, if you will. And as you think about that, you know, again, going back to my, you know, what am I going to care about when I'm on my deathbed, you know, phrase. Um, it, it For me, it just comes down to just having purpose and having meaning, you know, and especially for our team. So we are considered an essential business, but I, that means we have folks out every day. And, and I just, you know, want to make sure that we're, we're, we're safe and that we're doing all the precautions that we can. So, um, I mean, I'm literally on the phone daily with folks about buying, you know, PPE and disinfecting chemical and <laughs> those kind of things. Um, and, and just because I think if we can just stay focused on who we are and why we exist, it helps alleviate some of that just head trash, if you will, or the increased anxiety you have during these kind of times. And honestly, more than anything, it's, it's it just it's self-motivating, right? To know that no matter who you are on the Hayes and Sons team and what your role is, ultimately you are truly helping to serve other people. And that's really what it comes down to here in our world. And, and so for me personally, in terms of leadership, I mean, that's just, you know, I'm just thinking right now, okay, what can I do? to help serve our team so that our team is better able to serve others. And so, especially during this time right now, I mean, with things being slower, we're increasing our focus on training and best practices. You know, how can we just become a better company so that when things get back to normal, we're even a better version of ourselves than what we are today, you know, because uh, I had my freak out moment. I think we've all had our freak out moment during this coronavirus stuff. And mine was very early on. I mean, cause I, Kind of like the, I think it was the first night after the stay home order. I just thought, oh my, I mean, how is this going to work? How are we going to be able to stay in business? And pretty quickly, I just settled on the fact that I don't know. But what I do know is one day I'm going to look back on this. And am I going to be proud of how we handled this and how I handled this? Or am I going to be, you know, maybe a bit, you know, embarrassed or ashamed, right? And, and so um, that's what really ultimately fueled the focus on, you know, just living our mission every day and, and not paying attention as much to uh, the daily circumstances that we have. 
So now that you've had a few weeks, you know, you've adapted and like you said, even before, uh, there's sort of this, you're getting used to like kind of, kind of a new normal, you know, a new normal of working at home and having the kiddos at home and uh, trying to figure out a balance with that. You know, as you step into, you know, when we do get to a normal, because we will eventually get back to maybe not exactly the way things were, but economy is going to open back up. People are going to go back to work. I mean, that is, it's not a matter of if, it's just when. Looking back, you know, what's going to change for you and how has this um, pandemic um, given you some insight as to how you're going to change going forward? Yeah, I I think, uh, you know, as much as I felt like we were engaged with the team before, I think that as I look back, uh, we definitely increased our engagement and these daily videos are a big piece of that. And so, you know, one of the things that as we, you know, think about what life is like after this is figuring out ways that we can keep maintaining that engagement. Because uh, I, I think I've maybe underestimated uh, the importance of making sure that everyone is in the know, or, or maybe not even, it's more of a, I know it in my mind, and so I just assume others know it, <laughs> you know, where uh, when you're trying to do a daily video, it, you got to come up with some content, right? And so, you, you know, you ultimately end up talking about every area of the business um, and just highlighting some fun wins and things we've been able to do. Uh, so for example, you know, uh, through this, uh, one of the new revenue streams that we have is we're actually disinfecting workplaces after they've had an employee uh, confirmed with COVID-19. And uh, that's something we never did before. Um, and I look forward to the day when we don't have to do it anymore. Um, but it's something that we're very good at and we've been doing it throughout this whole pretty much every single day we're out disinfecting some kind of workplace and so I think it's it's a combo of really just not settling with the progress that we've made and continuing to kind of up that expectation for ourselves as leaders in particular Um, but then also I mean learning to be nimble right I mean it in January, I mean, we didn't budget anything for disinfecting services. <laughs> we didn't even think that was going to be a need, you know? So uh, I think going forward, um, there, there'll be some real opportunities. I mean, I've, I personally believe that the recession and some other mental health type fallout after this is probably going to be worse than the actual phase we're going through right now. So I think, you know, this is, there's going to be a, a, an extended period of time uh, where things are just a little off. And I think through that, there's also a lot of opportunity, you know, whether it's other competitors that, you know, haven't done as good enough job managing their cash flow, or maybe, and, and this is what I really hope is that we've proven uh, to be so focused on our team and our employees and keeping them and maintaining them that that comes back to really, uh, you know, pay off in the future when maybe, you know, a, a good person works for what otherwise is a really good company, but just, they made the decision to furlough their team, you know, during this period of time. Um, and and that's, that wasn't a motivation for why we did it. But I do think that we're all judging our employers right now. And we want to see, you know, what really is their motivation. Um, and so, you know, probably more now than ever, it, it, I'm just trying to make sure I'm, I'm walking what I'm talking, right? And so even like today, you know, we're doing a Zoom call. I mean, I, I come into my office every single day. I don't have to come into my office every single day. In fact, a lot of days I don't see anybody, but I mean, if we're going to have folks on our team out in the field serving people, then I need to be out too. And I, and I firmly believe that. In fact, uh, when we first started doing the disinfecting work, I was getting some phone calls from folks that were nervous and I totally understand it. 
And I remember I got off the phone and, and I looked at my wife, Betsy, and I just said, I have to do this myself. So that was like a Friday night and it was the first Saturday after the stay home order. Um, you know, I got fully suited up in PPE and the mask and, and, and I'm not going to lie, my heart was beating. Um, but I also think that, you know, you got to lead from the front and, you know, right now you definitely have to lead from the front. And I think that, you know, again, as you look at your legacy and, and just how you want to be remembered, I think, you know, continuing to maintain that, um, you know, leading from the front and really engaging as much as you can with your team, even during quote unquote normal times where maybe it's not hundred percent necessary. I think ultimately that just fuels, you know, your team to just step up and, and what we've, what we've seen is just our team respond in ways that have just been flat out humbling. You know, I mean, very few issues through all this, even though I know there's concerns and just tons of, of examples of where, you know, team members are stepping outside their normal responsibilities to help someone else. And, and that all comes from, you know, the team really being focused on, again, living that mission, you know, not the circumstances. Again, Jacob Hauk, president of Hayes and Sons, Indiana's largest independent property restoration company, who's also featured in IBJ's 2020 40 under 40 list. Thank you so much for being our guest on the ROI podcast. This has been another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.